When I spoke about Linda or I spoke about Gita, they didn't show up and start by being like, here are the 85 PubMed references that prove that this is a real thing. No, they spoke from a place of authority and experience and shared their elements. If you want their references, they'd be happy to send it to you later. But they weren't justifying their authority behind someone else's research or science. They were justifying their authority because they knew it worked. So I want you to just feel the energy around those two pieces. If you are constantly asking for proof itself, or you're finding your patients are constantly asking for proof when they walk into your office, I want you to check in around where the fracture is with respect to trust. Trust in you being able to make your own decisions, trust in the person delivering the offer in front of you, and why potentially trust is not being rapidly established between you and your own clientele. What's the boss move here? This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. All right, practitioners, listen up. I have had a conversation over and over again for the last few weeks, and that is happening in my DMs or on our coaching calls or with members of our broader community And every time the question is, Megan, what exactly do I need to have in place in order to have more freedom with respect to my income and my time? I just can't keep working. And what we have found after working with literally thousands of clinicians, whether you're a naturopathic doctor, an MD, a DO, a TCM practitioner, it doesn't matter. We have found that there are five common elements that are in place in an individual's business when they are able to capture time or money freedom. And so what I've done is I've put together a free training for you. This free training is going to be taking place on March 29th and again on April 4th. I'm giving you some options because we're doing it live. In this training, I'm gonna show you the exact five ingredients that you must have in place to have options in your practice beyond trading time for money, even if your regulations are tricky where you practice. I'm gonna show you how to increase your recurring revenue. I'm gonna identify the sources of business risk that most practitioners are overlooking. I'm gonna help you understand what key decisions you need to make to stop trading time for money and treading water within your practice. And I'm going to talk about how to market your practice strategically so that it's not in alignment with your time. It's in alignment with your value. If this sounds of interest to you, you can head on over to our show notes, meganwalker.com forward slash podcast to find the link in today's episode's show notes. You can also register by heading over to cliniciabusinesslabs.com and there will be a prompt right there front and center on the website. I will see you there. A few weeks ago, we held our uh, Clinician Code, which is our mastermind uh, intensive. And an intensive for us is a three-day event. And the first two days of this event are all about developing you as the entrepreneur, as like the organism that creates things. And we talk about the entrepreneurial environment. And uh, that might be talking about the economy. That might be workshops on AI. Work on you might be like addressing limiting beliefs or giving yourselves tactics and tools around all sorts of cool things. We had two speakers who came in over the course of the weekend, two women who are dear friends of mine in one of my masterminds, Gita Sudurab and Linda Clemens. Both of these women are masterful in their own ways. Gita is actually my coach and 
Linda is a friend and she's been a speaker at our event. Linda, who I will talk about at first because she was the one that initiated me writing this down, but both of these women captured this energy. Linda came out on stage. This is a virtual stage, art intensive. She came out and she held this space and presence and she made these immediate declarations. And I watched people's faces and some people were like, whoa, I'm kind of taken aback by the strength with which she shared these opinions on stage. And in that moment, I I just kind of sat back and was in awe. I was in awe that I know Linda too could see people's faces and their responses. Linda is a body language expert. And what she did is she just held space unapologetically for her power. There are not words to describe what that looked or felt like, but it was different. There was no apology. There was, I'm sorry if I offend anyone in the room. I'm sorry if this is triggering. There was just, here's what we're here to talk about. And there was a compassion to it, but there was no doubt in her mind what her job was to do that morning in this virtual room. And Gita showed up with the same presence. She shared her ideas and she shared frameworks that you could visibly see were confrontational is the wrong word, but triggering for people. It was calling them to question certain elements or certain tactics that they had relied on for a period of time. And we got through that and that was part of the process in the on the workshop in both cases. But the lens through which I was viewing the work of each of these women as they were working with our mastermind group was less about that side and more about the radiance and power that they were able to hold space for and were unapologetic for. And it gave me some real opportunity to kind of pause and think and reflect around what were some of the attributes of those women in that moment that enabled them to show up as such bosses, that enabled them to speak with such a strong conviction. Yes, they have uh, experience in what they do, but so do we. So do all of us who are listening to this piece. And sometimes actually being able to label these pieces enable us to look at ourselves and go, huh, am I doing that to the same extent? Could I be doing better in that arena. And so what I wanted to do with this particular podcast is I wanted to look at some boss moves we could be making in our own lives and in our business right now to accelerate the work that we are doing as CEOs and as leaders. I want to look at how we pair action and mindset in this case, or you know how we set our energy, how we manage the masculine and feminine of how we show up together. It drives me bananas when people just teach the tactics and leave out the mindset piece. And at the same time, when people just talk about it all being mindset and then never teach you the tactics to move these pieces forward, we still get stuck. And so the spirit of this is really to lay the groundwork for how we pair discernible action with a mindset and attitude of an unapologetic leader or CEO. So the first observation and piece I've been reflecting on is this idea of decision-making and this idea of making decisions from a place of alignment versus fear. And my friend Adele Tevlin talks about this as well. And we got into it a few weeks ago on the podcast. But when we talk about this notion of alignment versus fear, it requires two things from you as a leader beforehand. So you will have opportunities laid down for you all of the time. You will have opportunities to engage in or purchase programs. And what makes you impenetrable to the manipulation or the fanfare or the dopamine triggering 
language is having clarity around your intention right now in your business. What is your priority as a CEO? One of the easiest ways to combat big shiny object syndrome is you have clarity on what the heck you're supposed to be doing right now. So you don't say yes to a million things. You say yes to the things that move you towards the outcome you are looking for faster. And I know when you're earlier on in your career, sometimes you're like, Megan, I'm not clear on actually what the next benchmark is that I need to achieve. And so if that is the case, then that's your intention. I need clarity around what my next benchmark is, who or what will help me achieve that. The second piece is having clarity around your own values. So for you to be able to create alignment with others and your work and you to know where you want to make your investments, you have to get very clear on what your values are in terms of business. I want someone who's going to move really quickly. I want someone who's all touchy-feely all the time. I want someone who has a big vision for contribution in the world as well. I want someone who simultaneously is a boss and is taking care of their health. You have to be very clear on the values you bring to the table so you know whether you have alignment from the person across from you. In the absence of these two things, knowing what or why you need something and the values that you want to purchase from or have purchased from you, then what happens is is we default to making decisions out of fear. What happens is we sit on a webinar and even the slightest bit of doubt that is created by their content in our own plan, we are vulnerable to just like purchasing from a place of reactivity. I don't want anyone buying my programs from a place of reactivity. I want people buying my programs because they're like, holy smokes, that is going to move the needle forward on the impact that I want to have in the world. I'm not new here. I didn't fly out and six weeks ago have like one success in my own practice. And now I've decided to teach it to everyone. I've been here for a long time. So if you've been paralyzed or haven't been able to make a decision around moving forward, me or somebody else, let's just use that as an example. I want you to check in on those two pieces. Do you have clarity on the intention of your next move? And do you have clarity around your values? Because I want you making decisions from a place of alignment, not a place of fear. Now we could pull this apart, but I promise you the five boss moves. And so I want to let that one sit there. I want you to think about that. Maybe it's something that's relevant to you. Maybe you're actually really clear on this. Maybe you're highly intuitive. You're like, no, I know if there's alignment right away, Megan, check. I've got this one. What's next? The next piece I want to check in on is your ability to trust your own decision-making. So we need that alignment piece to be able to make the decision, but then we need to move into a place where we can expedite our decision-making. So one of the features you will see in the strong leaders and strong CEOs is that they can make decisive decisions. That does not mean they always make the right decision, but they also take responsibility on the other side of poor decisions that they make. And so we're going to get into that side of things a little bit. And I know for some of you, as soon as I say, oh, taking responsibility for the decisions that you make right there, actually, that's the challenge for you. So one of the things that emerges when we are still toying with whether or not we feel ready or powerful enough to trust ourselves in our decision-making, one of the ways that it manifests that we're not ready yet is we are constantly asking for more proof. We are constantly engaged and looking for, well, I need, I need proof of the outcome. You may find you have patients who are coming into your office. Can you like prove it? Can you prove it? Can you prove it? At some level, you're going to want to attract people into your business and into your office. They're like, I'm here because I actually trust you. Your reputation's really strong. You went to school for a million years. I am not an expert in this. I'm not going to ask you to prove every intervention. I'm here to trust you 
and trust your professionalism to move forward with the work. That's what you want out of your own patients and your own clients. So I want you to flip the tables on that. When you are looking to make your own investments in individuals, what needs to be in place for you to actually just trust that other person? I realized that we were pulling in a strong number of individuals who were suffering from scarcity because what was happening in my own presentations and how we were sharing our content is that a lot of our content was around trying to prove how our outcomes actually work as opposed to simply illustrating the transformation that is possible. We were constantly speaking on the level of trying to prove it to people and not on the level of transformation where we simply asked you to trust us. So I want you to check in here. Here's the opportunity. I want you to check in on the energy of proving it. When I spoke about Linda or I spoke about Gita, they didn't show up and start by being like, here are the 85 PubMed references that prove that this is a real thing. No, they spoke from a place of authority and experience and shared their elements. If you want their references, they'd be happy to send it to you later. But they weren't justifying their authority behind someone else's research or science. They were justifying their authority because they knew it worked. So I want you to just feel the energy around those two pieces. If you are constantly asking for proof itself, or you're finding your patients are constantly asking for proof when they walk into your office, I want you to check in around where the fracture is with respect to trust. Trust in you being able to make your own decisions, trust in the person delivering the offer in front of you, and why potentially trust is not being rapidly established between you and your own clientele. What's the boss move here? It's to close the gaps. It's to close the leaks on where the trust is slipping away. It's showing up unapologetically and not having to lead with prove it energy. I want you to rise above the prove it energy. You can have the references available in the index. You do not need to lead with that piece. Prove it energy constantly like, where's the proof? Where's the proof? This is where your intellect is starting to hijack the conversation. So I just want you to check in on that piece. If you are finding that you have a constant need to prove, or you are having a constant requirement for proof before you are able to move forward in things, I really want you to check in on whether that is actually necessary or whether that is some kind of stall tactic because you are scared to trust yourself in making that decision moving forward. Number three, and on a similar vein, is this idea of ownership of authority. I talk about this a lot. I need people to step into a self-authorized state. A self-authorized state is the consequence of trusting yourself, trusting that you are in the right place at the right time, doing the work so that you have the power and strength to hold presence in a particular room, whether that is across from your client or whether that is in decision-making in your business. This ownership of authority is sometimes something we have not been socialized to have. So maybe you grew up in a family where someone else was always taking that authority. Someone else was always making those decisions. You were never taught what information was necessary to have on the table to make a strong decision. So decision-making is something that gets practice. Another reason that people are challenged to step into a state of authority is actually because they're fearful of taking complete responsibility for the outcome themselves. 
And owning responsibility is also something that gets stronger with practice. So if you have traditionally had a tactic to move out of having to take full responsibility for something, you will find it hard to step into that position of authority. If you have a history or a pattern when something goes wrong of not necessarily following through, not having that difficult conversation, then what's going to happen is going to be really hard for you to step into a state of authority because what if this decision puts me in that situation again? So ownership of authority is a really key piece. The next boss move that I want us to have a look at is this idea of being able to trigger and call upon internal validation. There's this video that is circulating on Instagram. And in this video on Instagram, there's this actress, and I don't know who she is because I'm never really very good at pairing actresses' names to the person, but she's receiving an award. And the like, long and short of it is, she's like, it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying. It doesn't matter what anybody's opinion is of you. If you can't get up in the morning and look in the mirror and have the acceptance of the person across from you, like none of the rest of it matters. She was much more eloquent. She had better words and moved to a stronger place in her message than I just did there. But this key idea is that the acceptance of the work of the message of being seen, all of that validation that you might be needing or seeking, that permission that you might be needing or seeking ultimately, it needs to come internally. It needs to come from you. You need to give yourself and have the skills to be able to give yourself that own internal validation. The feature, the attribute, the boss move, the thing we see in these powerful women is that they are self-authorizing and they are cheering themselves on. They're looking themselves in the mirror and they're like, huh, so-and-so didn't like that. But like at the end of the day, I'm really proud of what you did. It is that internal validation as opposed to seeking lateral validation, validation from coworkers, validation from colleagues, validation from someone else. Here's how I see this manifest. And here's how I see this holding us back. One of the primary reasons our mastermind members will cite at not wanting to share like rock solid, awesome information on Instagram is that they're scared of what their colleagues are going to say. They're scared they're going to get it wrong. They're scared they're not going to reference it properly. They are fearful of their opinions of their colleagues. The challenge with this is you will always have some colleague somewhere who's not going to agree with you. Every time you are visible and successful, and it will happen with increased frequency as you become more visible and more successful, is more people will be critical of your message. If you make the decision to hand power, to this lateral validation crew, then what happens is you are giving permission to their opinions to set your standard for success. So if you sit here and you're like, but I, you know, some of my colleagues really cheer me on and I really love it. And that's the thing that keeps me going. What happens there is you've given permission for the opinions of the people beside you, these lateral opinions to have power in your space. And you can't, at that point, just allow the good opinions in, all opinions in from those lateral individuals are going to have a place in your psyche. Unless you have such advanced boundaries that you can pick and choose these pieces, if you decide that the opinions of your colleagues matter, then what happens is you are going to be held back to the lowest common denominator level. That one story you manifest in your head about what somebody could possibly say 
is the level of being visible or being seen that you will be willing to move to. The validation of stepping out on stage, of sharing your message to your highest potential must come from you first. Enabling permission from the laterals for approval of your work will only ever hold you back. The thing about these powerful women in their mindset is that they feel very good about the message they are sharing. It is in alignment with the work they want to put out into the world. And the opinions of the lateral people are irrelevant to the work that they are doing. So we can, under the right circumstances, use that as feedback. But we have to be really clear when it comes to changing other people's lives. If you are a practitioner and you are looking to shift the lives of diabetics, you can't be held back by the opinions of your colleagues. The only people's opinions and feedback that are going to matter in this case is your own sense of validation around your message and mission and the people who are purchasing your service. Don't over-index the power to individuals who actually do not have positive influence on where you want to go. You can get together for drinks with your colleagues. You just can't worry about what they think about your content. It is not ever going to move you forward and to the right place. The boss move here is to seek that internal validation piece. Number five, committing to consistency. This is so unsexy and so undopamine-esque. This is where the dirty, tired work comes in. This is where the decision is to forego something fun on a Saturday and just get that content done for your upcoming launch. That's me today. Committing to consistency is what happens when you make a commitment to yourself. It's what happens when you hold your own promises to yourself in their highest integrity. When you make a promise to yourself to follow through on something, it means you follow through on it when nobody is looking. Committing to consistency is the feature of some of the most successful, powerful individuals that I know. The secret to Warren Buffett's success is not that he's really good at picking stocks, although he might be, but it's not the main thing. It's that he has been consistent in investing over a 70-year period. He is benefiting from the compounding of consistently putting his money into the market. When you commit to consistency, you commit to yourself. You commit to your mission. And this isn't sexy because no one else sees it. This isn't sexy because there's no status associated with it. But it is powerful. It is the differentiator. When we step back and we're like, what is the secret to your success? It's not exciting when someone says, I show up consistently and I follow through on the commitments I make to myself. If you are curious about where you might be sabotaging your own success, one of the places I would look at is how consistently have you followed through on your commitments? When you consistently follow through on your commitments, what happens is it becomes easier for you to trust your decision making becomes easier for you to know when to make a decision out of alignment because you don't have this fear that you're not going to get the work done. When you make these decisions from a place and you follow through from this place of consistency, 
you will start to see success that make the lateral opinions less important. Of all of the boss moves on this list, the thing that will move the needle the most on your confidence in your mission is making the decision to follow through for yourself, to show up regardless of the weather, to fall down and make the decision to get back up. And when we commit to these boss moves, when we commit to moving our business forward, when we commit to unpacking some of the mindset things that have been holding us back, we put ourselves in a position to be able to execute with expediency on offers and opportunities that come to the table. And so these are some of the mindset pieces that I want our community to embrace. If you're caught in the prove it, prove it, show me more proof, then what I'm about to talk about is probably not going to be right for you. If you are constantly second guessing your ability to say yes to something, if you are constantly asking for your partner's approval or your business partner's approval or your dad's approval or your mom's approval or your like sister's friend's boyfriend's uncle who happens to have some business experiences approval and are not stepping into that state of authority, you might find you are not ready for the piece that I'm about to share with you. But if you want to move your business forward, if you are getting tired as a clinician of constantly treading water, if you're like, I need a system to accompany the work that I'm doing on my mindset, then I want to share with you something that we have created. We've created this program and we released it last year. It's called the Impactful CEO. And the Impactful CEO is designed for a practitioner who's in the mid-stage of the three stages of practice development. The first stage of practice development, I call it sink or swim. It's when we jump in the ocean and the first thing we need are the skills so that we do not drown. It's the life jacket. And the first benchmark I want people to get in their business is I want you floating in the ocean and I want you to feel like your head is above water and you are safely able to access oxygen. I want you to get your bearings, but I don't want you staying there. The impactful CEO is for the practitioners who are there. You're like, I've got my bearings. I've got some patients coming in. I'm kind of doing my thing, but I'm not necessarily growing. I'm just kind of bobbing in the ocean. I actually don't know where to go next. The next phase I talk about in a clinical practice is going from floating in the ocean to swimming with direction. And I usually get people to swim with direction towards the beach. And I've used this analogy before. I want you to swim towards the beach because I want you to swim towards a place where you can put your feet on solid ground. And the reason I want you to be able to put your feet on solid ground is so that you have options. Ultimately, my goal in any programs that we create or anything that we do within our communities is to give you options in the future. This is part of my recipe for freedom in my own life is I give myself options so that I'm not pigeonholed into having to do one thing forever. I want multiple streams of income. I want to be able to take time off and go on vacation and not have that be crippling financially. I might need to take care of a parent or child for a period of time and I need my business to support me. I want, I want options. I want options for our clients as well. So if that's not for you, that's totally okay, but I want options. And so I want you to swim in a direction where you can put your feet solidly on the ground. Once you can put your feet solidly on the ground, we can build all sorts of things. We can build online programs. We can build memberships. We can build out your speaking career. Like all of these things can start to evolve. It depends on what you want to do. So that phase of I've been bobbing to I need to swim to shore. I need direction. I need a system. I need to know what to talk about on social media. I need to be able to be clear on my messaging. All of that is something we teach within a program 
called The Impactful CEO. And The Impactful CEO teaches a number of things. What we do is we break that content down into three distinct areas. The C of CEO stands for care system. What is your approach to care? What is your niche? What is your offer or offers? And what is your pricing structure that reflects your ideal audience? How do we have sophistication in our pricing? How do we have sophistication in our pricing so that it leaves room for more options and more programming down the road? The E of CEO stands for empowerment-based marketing. How do we help you market to reach more people in a way that feels empowering and not slimy and sleazy? Because that's always our biggest concern. Let's help you based on your care strategy to develop five core topics that you're going to talk about on social media. Let's help you time block and create a system to create and release content that is aligned for your ideal audience. Let's help you design a lead magnet that is in alignment with your care strategy and messaging so you are attracting the right people into your office. On a very practical level, let's start to put assets into play that enable you to grow your business. The O of CEO stands for operations. It's not that exciting, but it is the piece that enables your business to hum Having strong operations in your business is the way that you prevent yourself from having adrenal fatigue. It's the way you let your business serve you instead of feeling served or in service of or beholden to your business. So what do we cover in the operational piece? Well, we teach you how to time block. I have a program called Sacred Time. We teach you how to view time as not all being equal. There's different types of times. We show you how to do that. We provide for you a dashboard of all your key performance indicators. What things should you be measuring? What numbers? Do you need to look at so you know whether you're growing or shrinking as a business? And lastly, we focus on financial literacy in something we call money school. What is the language of money? What is the energetics of money? We give you a background in that so that you have a vocabulary with respect to the financial piece of your business so that it is easier for you to step into these states of self-authorization. So the program itself has all sorts of really cool components about it. And I'm not going to talk about those here. I was talking about boss moves, but here's the first opportunity I'm going to give you to practice that boss move. If this feels in alignment with you, if this is a place of curiosity for you, I want to let you know that on March 29th, I'm going to be running an impactful CEO webinar and information session where I share a little bit more about what this program is. I'm going to get into some of these boss moves, but I want to be really clear. This is an opportunity for me to share with you what this opportunity might look like so that you can make a decision from a self-authorized place as to whether or not this opportunity is in alignment with where you are at in your business. The individuals in the impactful CEO are sometimes fresh out of school. They have sometimes been in practice for the last five years. The thing they all have in common is they want foundational systems in their business So that as they accelerate themselves as CEOs on the mindset side, they have the core pieces that they need to have in place so they can rapidly accelerate to that next level. They can rapidly take advantage of having their feet on the shore at the beach. They can make that online program because they understand exactly where it needs to go within the context of their business. I will let everybody know when they come to that information session how they're going to be able to access additional bonus material around designing your own signature care system, something that I talked about 
over the course of the last few weeks. There's going to be a bunch of really neat things that we share. I have some stuff that I'm going to be able to give away. And if you're catching this episode after that date, after March 29th, have no fear. If you head over to meganwalker.com forward slash podcast and find the show notes for this episode, you'll find that we have left you with some information on the exact same link and the exact same page where you can learn more about the impact CEO. You can learn about how to take yourself to the next level. On that note, we've got some pretty exciting episodes coming up over the next few weeks. Some total bosses in their own right are going to be hanging out and joining us. I'm super excited about an upcoming interview with Dr. Terry Walls. You are not going to want to miss any of these things. If you found this helpful today, I would encourage you to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing things that we've got coming up over the course of the next few weeks. Like always, I am Megan Walker. This is Impact, and we will see you again next Tuesday. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel, and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.